This is a Healthier Michigan podcast, episode 24. Coming up, we discuss food allergies and ways we can eat healthy with them. Welcome to a Healthier Michigan podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to navigating how we can all improve our health and our well-being through small healthy habits we can start implementing right now. Let me be the first to welcome you to the first day of spring. Oh, I'm so excited. This is so great. And it's uh, National Nutrition Month, just by the by. I'm your host, Chuck Gatica. Every other week, we're going to sit down with a certified health expert. Today, we have two of them from Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Do a deep dive into topics covering nutrition and fitness, and today, uh, actually a whole lot more. On this episode, we are talking about food allergies. Perfect segue into this idea that it's National Nutrition Month. Grace DeRocha is back with us. She's a registered dietitian, certified diabetes educator, certified health coach. Man, has she been coaching me, and I'm not sure if it's working. She, too, is with Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. She's a food lover. She's a mom, two kids, husband, which is harder to take care of. Kids or husband? Husband, for husband, sure. Okay. Susan Okinkowski is here, a registered dietitian as well, right? Yeah. Health manager at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan with 15 years experience working with health and well-being. It's good to see both of you again. Good to see you too. How do I know, short of being a Google doctor, that when I eat that thing and I get little bumps in my mouth, is that really a food allergy or is it just my head telling me that... I'm being a Google doctor, and I think I've have I've got Barry Barry or some kind of strange disease now. <laughs> because yeah, that's isn't that dangerous? It is. Don't you, Google doctor. No, that would be the first part ever, of it. ever. Or WebMD symptom checker. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> well, <laughs> Don't go I mean, down that okay, road. How do you really know? And and where are these allergies coming from? I, I there are some usual suspects, but who wants to go first? Where are they coming from? Let's start there. What kind of foods? So common foods when we look at food allergies, you know, typically cow's milk peanuts, tree nuts, shellfish, fish, mm-hmm. wheat is another really big one, and soy. So those are your most common food allergies that are going to be out there. So how do you really know that you have one? Outside of what's obvious is you've broken out in hives, but what if you ate three of the four of those things? Right. Great question. You need to talk to your doctor, yeah, your allergist, and really run some tests. Run some tests before you start eliminating anything from your diet because it might be confusing for the body to know what we're looking for. So I eat soy or I eat shellfish. What's actually physically happening in my body that's triggering whatever's, you know, I'm flushed or I'm, I'm getting hives? What's happening? So you're having an immune response. Like your body is reacting to that allergen if it is mm-hmm. an allergen. Mm-hmm. In which case, you definitely do want to start documenting symptoms. That's another big piece of identifying. Is this something that really is a food allergy or is it, you know, mixed with some other piece of clothing that got some strange, like, brushed up some detergent. And now all of a sudden I'm having a reaction to that versus the food that I actually ate. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, keeping a diary of your symptoms and what you're consuming when those symptoms are happening is going to be really helpful when you go in to see that allergist. And I think, too, that there could be little things that are happening that you might not even realize. I feel like sometimes in kids, they might be getting a little eczema, but you think, oh, we just came out of winter and we're in spring, so maybe it's just dry skin. And a child isn't able to explain to you like, you know, I've had this patch of skin for a long time, Mm -hmm, Mom, mm -hmm. and I think it might be because of whatever. 
So in that list of culprits, are there some that jump right to the top? Peanuts is our number one. It's the number one allergen out there. Um, It's really common. And why it's such a concern is it causes such an anaphylactic, they call it a response, that if someone does have a really strong peanut allergy and they do not get appropriate care mm-hmm. right away, I mean, it can cause, you know, death. That's It's very, very scary for people who have peanut allergies. And then, of course, you know, cow's milk is another one that really kind of jumps to the top as far as our culprits for allergens. And I think what's tricky when we're talking about cow's milk is that a lot of times when a child is born, they might have some allergic reaction to cow's milk, but then around two or three at toddler age, they might be okay. It's just that Mm. when they were that young, they weren't ready for cow's milk. Their body wasn't ready to accept it. And there is definitely a clear difference between a cow's milk allergy or a dairy allergy and lactose intolerance. And what would that be? So usually when you have a food allergy, you're allergic to the protein in the food. But lactose is the dairy sugar. So I'm lactose intolerant and I have side effects that are not anaphylactic, that aren't deadly. Mm -hmm. I might have a stomach ache. Yeah. So everything is milk now. I mean, it seems like you can run hot water over almonds, (laughs) you know, and call it almond milk. Should we be making switches like that? Because aren't we also at risk of missing out on the vitamins and other things in the cow's milk if we're not careful? That's why it's really important to really get tested and ensure that you do have an allergy before you just start replacing like, well, all of a sudden I heard oat milk was, Mm -hmm. you know, the new best thing. And I'm just going to start drinking oat milk because you might actually be missing out on some of the appropriate nutrients that you do need if you don't have that cow's milk Can allergy. I just say, I didn't even know there was oat milk. I drink soy milk every day and it seems mm-hmm. to work fine. Yeah. But it's got protein and it's it seems to have more stuff than some of the others. You're telling me there's some, what are they doing? Grinding up like oatmeal and putting water with it? Essentially. Come yeah. on. Yes. Yeah. So for you as dietitians, how do you look at that kind of product? Not just that one specifically, but... It just seems like watery oatmeal to me. Yeah, so I think it's tricky. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I think it's tricky because cow's milk gives us a lot of different things. And one of those things that is missing in a lot of milk substitutes is protein. Mm -hmm. Soy has some. Yeah. Golden pea milk has some. I'm trying to think if there's any other ones. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Like your almond, your cashew, your coconut milk. Yeah. I'm not talking about like Thai coconut milk in the can. I'm talking about like... Yeah. No, I've looked at all the packaging, and I find it fascinating that all this stuff is happening right before our eyes. As a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, maybe it was a month or two ago, the dairy farmers of America Mm -hmm. have asked Congress to now pass a law that says cow's milk has to have a definition from lactating cows that are healthy because milk is sort of like saying, I'd like a Coca-Cola. I'd like a Coke. Well, that's any drink. Yes. Right? You're right, you're right. And so I think they're trying to rein this in because they're seeing that this is influencing their business. Right. Yeah. So uh, allergies can give us all kinds of fits. It can be intestinal stuff. It can be something that breaks out in our skin. Um, how do you get tested? I remember back when I was a kid, I had a test where they poked some needles on my arm for something and I was fine. I'm assuming we've gone light years beyond there or have we? You still can do that skin testing where mm-hmm. they'll do the whole rassy chart on your back and test different allergens. What's that mean? They test for like all kinds of different allergens and they'll yeah. do a little poke in the skin with Actually, so I went through this with scratch. Yeah, yeah, scratch test. Yeah. And there's also blood tests. Um, okay. They can detect a lot from a blood test when it comes to allergens. 
And then, you know, there are those more invasive tests. When they're looking for like a wheat allergen, they can do a lot of GI testing. Mm -hmm. So it just depends upon, you know, what allergen they're looking for too and what levels they're finding. If the blood is kind of like, oh, we kind of see something, then they'll go and do further invasive testing. And I'm glad that you brought that up, Susan, because like we were talking about earlier, if someone starts cutting out, for example, like wheat or gluten already, and then they're trying to get tested to see if they have an allergy Mm -hmm. and they have a more invasive, it will be inconclusive. We won't know because it's not in the system anymore to be able to see if there is that effect on the body. So outside of having friends who may say something to you, hey, it's bad to do this or don't drink soy milk or don't do... We were talking about this off mic. There are nationally recognized, internationally recognized influencers who are getting off of certain foods. Should we call her out? Gwyneth Paltrow? Huh? I don't know her. She doesn't call me anymore. So, <laughs> but, but I mean, really, you can get influenced by so many different inputs. Don't do this anymore. Oh, a new study came out and it made it on CNN. All of a sudden, you just think, I can't do anything. I mean, I can't eat. I can't I drink. Know. Don't think about don't, that. No? Whatever that was. Yeah. Because you're going to be in No. So I think it's tricky because there is so many outside influences. Yeah. People can Google a million things. People heard so-and-so said, if you have celery juice and not celery, it's going to make your skin perfect and you're going to lose 25 pounds in uh, three seconds. Mm -hmm. Like you Mm -hmm. hear all these things. And I think that's one of the tricky things with food in general is that people want instant results because everyone eats. Yeah. And there, ha- there has to be a solution, right? And I know this has got to be maddening for somebody who really deals with this because, you okay, you block those outside influences, and then you do get to the point where you've got to go to your doctor. And I think it's helpful that maybe, and we've talked about this in other episodes, that we're somehow tracking the thing so we can actually bring a little piece of paper, even a cheat sheet, and say, Doc, every time I've done this, this mm-hmm. happens, right? Wouldn't yeah. that be good to know? Yeah, being observant. Uh, Mm -hmm. We've kind of talked about being observant about your own body and how you're feeling and what's going on. And then if it's persistent, Mm -hmm. you know, and then being able to have that open and candid conversation with your doctor or your allergist or whoever it might be to try to explain that to them. If I'm allergic to wheat, is it important that for me to know that either my mom or grandmother was? In other words, does family history influence this or the DNA of an individual is just so different? It doesn't matter. Sometimes it can. Yeah. But it's not always a surefire thing that, oh, mom had a dairy allergy, mom mm-hmm. had a cow's milk allergy, mom had a wheat allergy, that I'm going to have it too. Um, it's an important piece for an allergist to look at to say, okay, this is part of everything that we're looking at in scope of this one individual and what they're experiencing. But mm-hmm. not a surefire thing that, you know, mom had cow's milk allergy, so is the child. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important to, on the topic of wheat and gluten, that there's wheat and gluten allergies and sensitivities, but then there's also something called, and I know you guys know, celiac disease, yeah. which is actually an autoimmune disease that your body rejects gluten. Our son developed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a real serious thing. And then you get to this level of being protective within the own your own space that you can control at Thanksgiving, in the food you buy. You know what you're looking for. But now you go out to eat. I mean, you're talking about the world is your oyster. It is. But how do you know what little splash of hot sauce or the wheat that thickens up the gravy? You know what I mean? It's got to be so tough. It's really difficult. I mean, I, you know, I myself have a gluten intolerance. And then I have a child who had 
a milk allergy. Now, mm. She's outgrown it, as we talked before, like so commonly by age three, she outgrew it. But yeah. one of the first things we always do, and I tell everyone, if you have allergies in your family, when you go out to eat, tell that waitstaff the minute you sit down, like, I have a severe allergy to X, whatever that food is. So they know and they can help service you as best as possible because I feel like a lot of restaurants out there now are doing so much of a better job Mm -hmm. at catering to all the different food allergies. And when they know, they can be right there to help you. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I think there has been a lot of progress. I remember, oh, I almost said how long I've been a dietitian. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like you're really an old person. Stop. 20 years. Yeah. Um, So, but early on when I was a dietitian, my patients had to order their food. Like online. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They had to order it because it wasn't really in stores. They could never go out to eat. Now, what did we do before online? I mean, and I that know. wasn't that long ago because what choices did Mail you have? Mail order. Yeah. 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 The special bakery in New York years and years and years ago, I just remember there was this one bakery who like specialized in making bread that did not have gluten mm-hmm. and people would order it from mm-hmm. that one bakery because they knew about yes. it. Well, because of because of our son's gluten intolerance, celiac, you go stand in line at the one place in Plymouth, Canton, Northville that kind of sells fresh yes. bread for any occasion, especially holidays. There are lines out the door. It looks like the honey-baked ham store yeah. some days. I had patients who have some people in the family with celiac or, or yeah. a wheat allergy, and they would have two different bread makers, one for the people in the family that yeah. could have it, and then for everyone else that couldn't. They had two different bread makers that would make it themselves. So I want to double back to something because uh, when I had that scratch test, I said my arm, it must have been on my shoulder as I'm recalling, right on the back here. I flunked, meaning, or I passed. Yeah, I had no problem. It was <laughs> just in my imagination, whatever that issue was, I don't even remember. But you talked about a minute ago, Grace, this idea, don't just start eliminating things because you haven't gone to the doctor yet for a baseline. Right. Right. I mean, they have no way to start to assess so is it important that we don't go on what I've heard people have to do, the elimination diet to get rid of things? Go see the doctor. That's the starting point? Yeah. But to piggyback off of what Susan said, if you are having an anaphylactic reaction oh, yeah, yeah. where your throat is closing, I just want to make sure people out there, if your throat <laughs> is closing, eliminate that. Is that the EpiPen? Is that what you're looking for in that case if you happen to be near somebody? Yes. So everyone that has an allergy should carry an EpiPen. Mm-hmm to avoid anything terrible happening. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But doctor, going to see the doctor, if this is something that's recurring, that is the first step, right? Yes. Don't just start throwing things out the window in your diet because yeah. you don't know. Don't Google doctor that one. <laughs> and we can't forget about any new parents out there. Mm-hmm. I feel like even as a dietitian mom, and I'm sure Susan can agree with this, trying to figure out how to navigate introducing new foods So one thing I want to make sure that we say is when you are introducing new foods to your baby, that you do it and give it some time before introducing another new food. So usually three to five days of just one new food at a time so you can see if your child has a reaction. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And and how many months away or not quite a year for you, right, since you had a child? Yeah, he so, is. Uh, he's six and a half months yeah. old right now. So actually, it's funny. We are just starting that process because we, you know, I started him on a, a little bit of sweet potatoes when he was five and a half months old and doing that same progression. And it is you have to be careful because there's some mixed foods out there like sweet potatoes and corn, which is fine to give them once they're a little bit older and you know that they don't have a reaction to mm-hmm. either one of those foods. 
The other thing, too, is, you know, just to make sure you do wait until at least four months um, and then talk with the pediatrician, because sometimes, you know, they do want you to wait until six months. So, And how much time are you saying between one food and another? So I've introduced sweet potatoes. I should wait weeks, two weeks. I should wait what? Three to five days. Oh, that's it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. yep. OK. And those reactions, I think we've touched on them a little bit, but could be even a little eczema or some a rash around the mouth is what you'd mm-hmm. usually see first in a baby. Because, you know, we dads, we just want to start them on steak. Like, we don't care. Like, you know, <laughs> here's a potato and a steak. Let's go. I mean, you know, we, we're not... Game on. We're grilling now. I shouldn't Marsh. say we. I'm throwing all of us under the bus. I'm <laughs> saying me, I would just go with the whole thing right away. Well, and, and that is interesting to state because my husband was like, I have no idea. Like, <laughs> I t- know. Tell me what to do. Yeah. What is happening? Yeah, it's tricky. It is really tricky. How often do you feed them? How many meals? Uh, right. What's the interval of time between milk? So Now that I'm feeding them, do we yeah. give less milk? When is do your, we give the milk? Is your husband into it, Susan? Is he connected to this idea of, the, or you tell him which jar to open and it's all set? Uh, he's connected, but yeah. I, I typically run the show most of the time. <laughs> but yeah, okay. yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. yeah, here too for all of our friends who are listening. <laughs> okay, and what is National Nutrition Month? And do the two of you celebrate and put on funny hats and party favors? Like what? what is it supposed to be for? We, we have to wear a fruit and vegetable hat everywhere we go <laughs> like, during this month. Yeah. Like the Chiquita banana. I was just thinking the Chiquita <laughs> banana <laughs> lady. <laughs> I feel like I know last episode I talked about it a little bit, but it's fun to have my dietitian friend and colleague here to talk a little yeah. bit more about your feelings on National Nutrition Month. But it, it's, so it's a focus for National Nutrition Month out there to make sure that everyone understands, you know, everybody eats food, but let's focus in on what are those healthy foods and that there are professions out there like mm-hmm. dietitians who that is our industry. We are here to help individuals figure out the food world and navigate, you know, yeah. what's healthy, what's not. It is really kind of that focus on there is a profession out there. There are people out there to help you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we love what we do. And don't just, you know, listen to that latest news story about mm-hmm. celery juice. And, yes, you <laughs> need to drink all this celery juice. Yeah, or pour turmeric in your hair, you know, whatever. it. Well, yeah, but see, there's that stuff that you two would be in tune to probably more than me as the average person walking around. I see the studies that say don't eat popcorn. Don't, you know, it's it, you can't do anything sometimes. So the good stuff can be bad and even the bad stuff can be bad. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. And it is confusing. It's funny. Yeah. I just, a colleague, she just made some energy bites and she was very excited and she put turmeric in them. She followed some recipe and I was like, oh, you know, why did, because the combination was interesting and then she had turmeric and I was like, oh, why did you put turmeric in there? She's like, well, it was in the recipe and I heard it was good. I'm going to throw out a fun fact for people. Turmeric does have anti-inflammatory properties in the curcumin in the turmeric, but you can't actually absorb that curcumin in the turmeric if you don't have black pepper. Right. That's what I've heard. Yes. So she's like, so I just put turmeric in here to make it taste weird and I didn't even get the good effects. So can I tell you a funny story? I got a, uh, somebody gifted me one of those small little, uh, it's not an envelope, a little packet, a mix that you drop into your coffee with turmeric. Didn't have black pepper. So I know what you're talking about, that you need to have it. So I come home. Susan is there. My wife is there. She said, what are you doing? I said, I'm making a coffee. So I, I push the Keurig button. It comes out. I put in this little packet. And then I'm thinking, oh, wait a minute. There's no black pepper. I read it. No black. So I put black pepper. 
I took one swig, and forgive me, ladies, I spit it right out. It was like the worst tasting. I don't know how anybody can do that every day. Yeah. Oh. And that's the thing is like that something like that becomes a buzzword. Yeah. And then people are putting turmeric in everything. But like basically you're getting good color into your coffee and is some turmeric yeah. flavor. Okay. But you're not going to get the full benefit of what that spice has to offer and you. And before we throw out the baby with the bathwater and some of these things, even in, in eliminating, we've got to be really careful that as we eliminate one thing, we're not setting our bodies up for a deficiency of vitamin D or mm-hmm. B, whatever, right? I mean, if yes, you're told you have an exactly. allergy. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you think about these common food allergies, there is oftentimes this thread. Like you're going to lack protein. You're going to lack B vitamins. You're going to lack iron. Mm -hmm. And calcium is one of the biggest ones too, obviously with cow's milk that you're going to need to replace. Yes. But friendly reminder to all the people, there are lots of different foods that have calcium. Dark leafy greens, almonds, even oranges have some. And I'm not talking about orange juice where they add it in. Yeah. You know what I loved about this podcast, I'm sorry, we're at the end of our rope here, is that even though we do have some video snippets that may appear, when you just said all of the people out there, you actually did that with a flourish. It was like all of the people. It's a podcast. I just wanted to let you know. Grace? Thank you for that friendly reminder. (laughs) Nice to see you. Great to see you, too. Yeah, good to see you as well. Good to see you. Thank Thank you for being here. And uh, let me just tell you, I am so excited that spring has sprung. I'm not sure we're quite done yet with, you know, getting cold air, but we're into that season where now we can get all healthy together, listen to our podcast, and go out for big walks and start to get things together, right? Uh, Susan and Grace have been with us. That's been nice. Uh, This is a Healthier Michigan podcast brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. If you like our show, you want to know more, don't forget we have previous episodes. This is episode 24. You can check it out online, a healthiermichigan.org slash podcast, or leave us a review or a rating on iTunes and Stitcher. You can get episodes on your smartphone or tablet as well, so you can take us for a walk. And there's lots of good content, lots of great stuff from all the experts at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan and all these previous episodes and, of course, more to come this year. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. I'm Chuck Gatica. Thanks for being with us. Welcome to National Nutrition Month and also spring. <laughs>